for me, it's an amazing platform because I get to teach people tricks and you know how to get up there and how to do this without having to you know stress about it to change that nervousness into excitement um, because physiologically nervous and excited are the same thing in our body. It's just a matter of the word shifting kind of like our mindset and how we look at that moment uh, and, and things like that. So Toastmasters is just a powerful place for anybody that's looking just to grow as a leader or a communicator. And, and if you've done any research on them, you know that they're a huge nonprofit, they're international, and uh, they're just, they're, it's a fun, fun place to be. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 141 with founder of Team CNE, Chris Jordan. This is Squadron Leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, you got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, JC Preston, and playing the role of today's co-host is Harrison Painter. And if this is the first time you're listening in, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, athletes, experts, and artists to help you find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. Thank you for joining us in today's chat. Glad to have you here. And if you're in the U.S., maybe this is finding you retreating from this huge, big Arctic blast that most of the country is actually having to deal with. I mean, there's some places that are talking about negative 30 to 5 degrees. That's intense. But enough about that because you can hear that information by just tuning into your local news. So uh, moving on to today's topic, you know, one of the things that I have been uh, recently able to do is watch the second episode of Star Trek Discovery second season. And I have to say, if you're if you're any bit of a Trek fan, then you're you're surely going to enjoy this series. Uh, just like the original series, the TOS, uh, the writers have been doing a really great job interweaving topics that are common today in, into the future context. And this specific episode uh, was actually touching on a whole faith versus science debate. And in the episode, one of the group of people were using faith to explain events that happened 200 years ago. Well, at the same time, the other group was using science to explain what happened. You know, this is a topic that Gene Roddenberry, when he was writing the TOS and later when he's doing TNG, he never would have touched in the original series because he was an atheist. And But, you know, it serves to show us how two people can have differing perspectives on the same event and both be right. Uh, case in point, the Bible, you know, it, it represents the first attempt of man to pass down natural laws that you know, we find regularly in today's personal development industry. And whether you're a proclaimed Christian or not, a lot of the teachings still really do hold true. Uh, as Rob Bell has expressed numerous times in his interviews and several times on Lewis Howe's podcast, 
even if we don't agree with certain parts of the book, it's up to us to be able to decipher the old stories and apply the lessons to today. And interestingly enough, as I've continued to meet more and more interesting people on my personal journey, I found out there are many who have been inspired to be creative purely by their faith or exploring the woo-woo. So in the next two sessions, Harris and I explore this topic a bit in further detail. And in today's chat, we speak with fellow John Maxwell team member, Chris Jordan, about how being a follower in Christ turned his life around for the better. And then in session 142, we will be talking to Paul Tokuzulu about how training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu helped him begin his journey of spiritual awakening and self-discovery. But getting back to this session... We'll be talking with Chris about how his life-altering moment transformed him and his career, his involvement with 420 Fire, Team CNE, and Toastmasters, and what he's learned from being part of the John Maxwell team. Before we get to that awesome conversation, I want to remind you guys of the personal mission guide, Uncover Your Personal Mission. And with 2019 getting underway, you might be thinking that you need to do some things differently this year. You know, in this conversation... Chris agrees that everyone should act on their own personal mission. And he continues to say that our purpose is to serve our creator. But what does that mean in the practical sense when the rubber meets the road? Well, I believe it means we need to be able to fulfill that role that we naturally fit in with those around us. You know, it's a role that we do naturally and don't think about personally, but others think that we're gifted at it. As powerful as that is on its own, however, it's not all that a personal mission is. And we also need to include what's interesting to us, which is our passion. It also relies on our specific process, which basically means, you know, what kind of mediums are we going to use to exercise our role once we figure what that role is? And my guide, I give you nine questions to help you think about what your passion is, what your purpose is, and how you can actually execute both of those and the world around you. Even if you're already started a business, going through this exercise will give you more fulfillment on what you're already doing. And you can get it today for free by going to newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. All right. Just a reminder that I've archived old sessions of the show. If you want to access those classic conversations, check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash newinceptions. And also don't forget to subscribe and comment on the show via whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. It apparently helps that other people find the show, which means that we as a community can empower more people to do fulfilling work. Show notes and show note extras of this conversation can be found at newinceptions.com slash 141. And as usual, I'll be on after the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm JC Preston with co-host Harrison Painter. How you doing, Harrison? Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. This is our first first recording into the new year, not to date our podcast, but um, yeah, lots of good stuff, man. We we're we're going to be launching our new Amplify Hope program in 2019 in April. We've got the new website officially launched. It's not done yet, but you know me, we launched it anyway. Um, we're going to be launching an Amplify Vets program this year, and we have our financial literacy for sex trafficking survivors going into its eighth month program. So uh, we just keep, we're just growing. 
And then, of course, we've got our monthly event that we're back into the full swing of things on January 16th. Uh, we do those every third Wednesday of the month, and we're theming them out. And this month, it's going to be all about renewing your mind. I, I would say that most people actually tend to to stick with their resolutions, quote unquote, if it's if it is a, a renewal of the mind going on, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, I'm going to try to do this based on who I was in the past," sort of thing. But uh, yeah, Amplify, you know, is all about uh, building community up, and really looking forward to some of the things that uh, is going to be going on this next year. And and uh, in fact, what really is cool is that today's guest is all about that as well. And you know, six years ago. He had a life-altering moment where his life took on a whole new course. He realized that life wasn't about what it is for him, but instead how we all can help others achieve the success that they deserved in, in, in every aspect of their lives. And he has been coaching, speaking, and training for over 24 years within this sector of his life. And uh, now works full-time providing people with the encouragement and empowerment they need to fulfill their purpose. Sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> Oh, and let's not for, forget that he is also a fellow John Maxwell certified speaker like myself and is also his local Toastmasters president. Today, we're talking with Chris Jordan, who can be found at TeamCNE.com. Chris, thanks for uh, taking some time and joining us today. How are you doing? Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Doing well. And again, like you guys just said, Happy New Year to you as well. So, wow, lots of lots of stuff going on. Um, in your bio, you mentioned a, a life-altering moment that changed the course of your life, and and I, I guess we're just gonna have to start there. Who was <laughs> who was Chris? Who was Chris before that moment, and and what happened, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I want to just tie it into. I don't know if this has something to to work with that, but your Amplify Hope uh, really intrigues me, and the Amplify Vets. Uh, I really like that too, being a veteran. So um, I can't wait to find out more about that. But prior to six years ago, I was, I was prior military in the Air Force, uh, two weeks out of high school. And I got out in 2005 and then I joined a local law enforcement agency here, uh, in Maryland. And up until about six years ago, I would have, I'm one of those, uh, anti-God people until that point. Like, uh, I was just very much about myself, living life for what I could do. I wasn't necessarily a horrible person, but I knew I was making, you know, not the greatest choices, uh, you know, going through a couple marriages, really just not doing things right. And I was at a very low point. I was actually um, going through a bad divorce, possibly losing my son, possibly losing my job. And I had a physical impossibility happen in my police car that had my whole kind of, you guys are talking about mind, mind renewal. Uh, my whole mind was basically renewed in a moment from believing there was no such thing as God and people are crazy that thought that to realizing that that's the only reason I'm alive um, based on that one moment. So I don't, without getting too deep into it, I mean, that's a testimony story that takes a while, but um, <laughs> there was a physical impossibility that I should have flipped my car and probably died. And um, I did not go off the road at all. It actually went straight along the shoulder instead of spinning the way it should have. Um, just mm. a lot of things as a, as a police officer, traffic investigator that just went against everything I knew. Um, and there was only one explanation. And so I started to, you know, seek, uh, the other way, if you will, and go after, you know, what I didn't believe before and find out a little bit more about the possibility of that being actually true. So. And it takes a lot of pressure off, right? When it's not your plan anymore, it's God's plan. Amen. And you're just 
kind of moving moving down the line. I I, I had a, a similar experience last year religiously in the in the sense of uh, this nonprofit world. Never in a million years did I think that this is anything I would be really working in a, a, as a career, right, or as a trainer or, or any of those things. Uh, but prayed really heavily on it, and I asked for a sign because God knows I'm a very stubborn man, right? <laughs> and I, I prayed, and and the thing that I asked for was a pink elephant. First thing popped in my mind, no idea why. Uh, now, I'm thinking if I do see a pink elephant, which I probably won't, that it's going to be a tattoo on a woman or or something in a movie or a magazine or whatever. Right. But I, I went out for my 5K walk. I, I got lost driving, and I stumbled upon this, I don't even know, what is it, like a 20-foot pink elephant in front of a liquor store. And I pulled up next to it, cried like a baby, and realized that, Wow. I mean, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what yeah. is. Yeah. Wow. There you go. And I let go from that moment, right? It was God's plan from there on out. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was absolutely, I was one of those guys that could argue, uh, you know, people would come to me and, you know, maybe mention it because, you know, the old way of evangelism, quote unquote, was just, you know, where are you going to go if you die tonight? That whole concept. And I would just tear people apart because they had no idea who they were. And I could easily just put holes into whatever it is they're saying because, you know, saying a prayer to get to heaven means that you should probably disappear the moment you do that. And there's a difference between that and knowing who your identity is and living your life from that place. And that, that was a complete and utter shift you know i mean that time moment in time completely flipped my life around and i can tell you that you know i was on a path of utter destruction you know long before that but i was at the at the end um and even over the last probably last two or three years i've been kind of like what you just said kind of heavy in prayer like you know where am i going with this i i never in a million years thought that i would be in any kind of ministry thing or have my own business not never and three years ago the door just opened wide and it was a push really from god to say this is where i want you and this is where i need you so i totally agree with you i get the sign thing and i love it <laughs> Now I have to ask you, so serving the community, so, so 420 Fire Ministry, you, you, you need to tell me a little bit about that because the, the, the name it could could be yes. taken a few different ways. So, yes. so to, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. 420 Fire Ministries it actually comes from 1 Corinthians 420. It says the word of God is not in talk, but in power. And 420 definitely gets a lot of people in that uh, you know realm of uh, drug use that start asking questions and it actually opens a lot of good opportunities but it's not based in that at all um it comes from a guy named scott and i don't know if you guys know who todd white or dan muller or anybody like that are um it's along the lines of of their power and love conferences where it's about not just giving a great message but then going out and being that message in the world um you know praying for people blessing people actually being the hands and feet uh that we're called to be so 420 fire ministries for me as a leadership and discipleship ministry i'm the first leader of the first hub in maryland there's 38 states right now that have hubs in them that's what we call them and then um we're trying to get them in every state and stuff. And we're just, we're meeting together in small group kind of fashion, going out into the world, uh, wherever that may be, you know, whether we just go to Red Robin for dinner and just, you know, bless the, the wait staff or we just, you know, whatever it may be, um, just going out and, and doing what it is we're called to do. 
So 420 Fire Ministries, I met this guy that's related uh, at a Power and Love conference in Georgia, and we started connecting, and he sent me this this video from the founder of 420 Fire saying they're looking for leaders. And I watched the video, listened to his story, uh, but didn't really pay much attention to it until the point where I talked to him personally and said, yeah, we'd like to get you up and going in two months. Two months is our, like, drop the kind of dead date, if you will, that we really want to get this going. And that date was August 15th, 2018. And along with a couple other things with, you know, related to fire and all that kind of stuff, it was just like that blazing sign of, yes, this is what I need to be doing. So um, it's just barely kind of getting started off with, you know, the end of the year being crazy. We're doing some stuff personally that I kind of had to put a, that in the back burner if you will, but I'm looking to really kind of amp it up this year, get more people involved and hopefully open up a few more hubs here in Maryland uh, and just see where it goes and just, just let Jesus shine. I love it. I love it. So tell me a little bit about Team CNE as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that was kind of born from when my wife and I got married. We got married and prior to that, uh, God showed me a CNE ministry and the it was kind of solidified through an idea of one. So if you pull CNE away from you and look at it from a little bit of a distance, it looks like the word one. And so initially, we kind of had this thought that maybe we were supposed to be going in the ministry. We live here in the Baltimore area. We would go down into the city, do a lot of work at the methadone clinics to you know feed the homeless, just go and bless people as much as possible. But things weren't really getting done, and um, it kind of shifted the Power and Love Conference in Georgia, and then there was a conference up here in PA Supernatural Life that we went to, and we kind of started developing this ministry team, if you will. Um, but in that process, I became John Maxwell certified because I also felt this push to coach. And this is kind of that whole idea of the, the everything tying together. I, I think that initially I felt it was supposed to be a quote-unquote ministry, but my talents and my skill sets are in leadership and encouragement and, and you know challenging people and empowering them to be the best they can be. And while that, that may or may not work in a ministry setting, I've quickly found out that it was, it was this business that really I ended up doing, uh, starting with Team CNE that that was my ministry. And so it took about six months to a year for me to kind of realize what was happening and realize that we're building a team. And instead of it being CNE ministry and, and put in that position, it was actually a business, Team CNE, that incorporated kind of our ministerial heart uh, within what we do. And being able to, to tie all that again, uh, something that I, I harp on in, in the blog and, and really with those that I help is is being able to align your passions and your, your purpose and, and being able to you know know what your skills are. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've, you've done that. So congratulations on finding your uh, personal mission. I love it. Well, and that's I love awesome. that you just said personal mission. I think that's the key. A lot of people always say, you know, being a leadership coach and discipleship guy, and a lot of people come to me about the identity stuff, and they're like, I just want to know what my purpose in life is. And I said, well, the purpose in life is the same for everybody. Purpose in life is to glorify God. Now, your mission in life is what you're predestined for, what you're created for, that's going to bring that glory to God. You know, so whatever it is that you do, do it as unto the Lord. That's, you know, kind of like your mission field, your mission statement, whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, our purpose is all the same. And it really takes a lot of pressure off people sometimes because they say, well, what I'm doing right now, I just love what I'm doing. It's like, well, then do it to the best of your ability and you're going to glorify God and you've fulfilled your purpose. And it's just one of those things that it took me 
a, a good couple of years to really kind of come to grips with that myself. It's it's not an easy process to to die to yourself and allow God to have full control. But when you do, uh, wow! And you guys, as you guys probably know, it just it opens up so much. It does. It's liberating. I, I yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a stubborn guy. Like I've already said, God knows that. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, a guy that I want to do things my way. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I typically have that plan pretty well laid out. And, and it was at that pink elephant where I just said, look, I'm done. I, I, oh. I, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And like you said, die to self, just give it, give it to him. And let it go. And, 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 you know, on, on the new website that I just launched, it's the very first time that I've ever publicly on any of my companies put anything faith-based mm. on there. And, and I put in one of the Amplify Indie values that we're grounded in faith, right? We're relentlessly pursuing God's plan for our family, careers, and communities. Nice. And, but, but, you know, in the past, we've been so conditioned in, in the business world. Mm. Don't talk politics. Mm. Don't talk religion. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, but that's, then realizing that's not a good, good, good plan. No, that's not a good plan. That's the devil's plan. <laughs> Truth be told, because if he can keep you from talking about it and, and then he's going to win, because then when you do talk about it, it creates tension. It creates uh, awkwardness. It creates all these things that it's not supposed to create. And absolutely. I'm, I'm, I would say awesome to hear that you, you stepped out and did that because I mean, that right there is, fulfilling a purpose you're glorifying god and all that you're doing family business your whole life and that's that's super good and let's talk this this intrigues me about you as well so this is something i don't talk about a lot i have social anxiety disorder it's something i've worked on for a very long time uh, i have to do public speaking you know i do trainings i'm in a leadership role now uh, and those things are typically not something that a person with social anxiety disorder does <laughs> right uh and you're, you're president of Toastmasters, so talk a little bit about, okay, A, why are you president of Toastmasters, uh, a little bit about the organization, and what led you to, like, I'm assuming at that point you are a speaker and you help other people speak, uh, can you kind of go on a little bit about that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Toastmasters, well, I mean, currently I'm actually an area director, so I actually uh, am over six other clubs, plus I'm the president wow. of my club. And um, that was just an amazing honor that was brought to me earlier, or yeah, middle of last year. But how it started was, honestly, it came from John Maxwell. I started going through the training. Um, I signed up in April of 2016 i believe and mm. i just you know they as you know um they open it up and you can kind of go through the training before you actually go to florida to get certified and right. so i just kind of was going there one of the things they said is go out and start networking and you know get yourself out there and and so one of the places they said was toastmasters and i'd heard of it before and i was like well you know it's a speaking thing and you know i need to do that anyway so Let's check it out. And so I went to the one where my wife works. My wife is a nurse and she works at a hospital here and they had one at the hospital. And so I asked my wife, Hey, you know, what do you know about Toastmasters? And she's like, well, we've never heard of it. It's like, it's in the hospital. You should know about it. So, um, <laughs> I went to that and immediately the moment, the first day I was there, I, I stood up, spoke, uh, I'm, and I'll say this. I'm not a quote unquote natural speaker. The first time I ever spoke, I thought I'd be the first. Uh, actual known fatality of public speaking. You know, the, after, you know, 
25 years of being kind of like you said, forced to do it because of positions in the military and, and doing training and stuff. I've gotten to where I'm quote unquote comfortable. And so I, you know, they think I'm a natural speaker and they see this and they know that I'm John Maxwell certified and the club's in hurting status. This club just lost their uh, past president to, he died a couple of years before and it was kind of falling apart. And the current president, she had me in a meeting up in the atrium of the hospital, was introducing me to a bunch of different people. And one doctor shows up and she stands up and says, hey, Dr. So-and-so, you know, how you doing? I want to introduce you to Chris. He's our president for the Toastmasters Club. And if you could have probably took a picture of my face in that moment, it would have been the, you know, that super shocking moment of like, what? Did I just hear you right? Um, so I shook the doctor's hand, sat down, said, when did this happen? She said, I just made the decision. And I hope that you are okay with that. So after about four or five months of Toastmasters, I was now the president of a club that only had two paid members and was actually, unbeknownst to me at that time, going to be wiped off the face of the earth. So I had to actually uh, get on the phone with Toastmasters, find out what I needed to do. I had like you know two or three months to get the numbers up, to get the club in good standing, and um, today we're looking at over 20 members strong. Don Brightman uh, is one of our uh, okay. members um, and we're just we're flourishing. And because of the turnaround I was able to create with that club in about six months time, I was approached to do the area director. So, yeah, for me, it's a, an amazing platform because like like you said, uh, Harrison, that. I get to teach people. So those that are coming in, there's a, quite a few that come in with exactly what you're talking about. Just that anxiety, just that, oh man, you know, I've got to do this, but I, I don't want to do this. And how do we get over it? And so I, it's just a great place for me to teach them tricks and, and you know, how to get up there and how to do this without having to, you know, stress about it to change that nervousness into excitement. Um, because physiologically nervous and excited are the same thing in our body. It's just a matter of the word shifting kind of like our mindset and how we look at that moment uh, and, and things like that. So it's just a great, great opportunity. And I, I actually enjoy speaking and I've had opportunities to speak, but I enjoy the teaching aspect and watching those that said they could never do it, stand up and be able to do it in a contest or be able to go to something that they're doing for their work and sit down and, and watch them do their thing uh, live. Mm. So for mm. me, that that's a satisfaction. So Toastmasters is just a powerful place for anybody that's looking just to grow as a leader or a communicator. And, and if you've done any research on them, you know that they're a huge nonprofit, they're international, and um, they're just, they're, it's a fun, fun place to be. Yeah, I can, I can totally relate with that because when I was in grad school, I had the opportunity to, to teach six individual classes of the same course. And part of that was that these, you know, the students would actually do presentations. And, and for so many people, it, it, if they were lucky, because this was like a freshman base, maybe a sophomore level course. So if they were lucky, they had, might have had their first comm class by then. But so <laughs> many times I was, kind of filling in in that role and for me you know like harrison definitely i I haven't been necessarily you know categorized as having having that anxiety but i can definitely tell you that there's a lot of things that are going through my head that prevents me from being coherent sometimes so (laughs) getting up in front of of people and having that issue is just like you know it it was quick learning for me but then to go around and teach that to other people was definitely uh, definitely interesting. 
Um, oh yeah. And it, it kind of forces an accountability and an ownership on your part too when you start teaching people because now they're going to be looking at you to be doing exactly what you're teaching. And, um, so it, it's, it's definitely a, a full circle thing. And I, I definitely would say, I mean, the one challenge, especially for, you know, someone like you, Harrison, or whoever's dealing with it and anybody listening is really, if you're in that moment, change it from nervous to, to excited. Just change the mm-hmm. word and you'd be surprised because if you listen to sportscasters, they, they talk to, you know, these guys all the time and say, Hey, weren't you nervous about this? this is like the, the Super Bowl. Aren't, weren't you nervous? And no, I was excited, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it changes your perspective. And you guys are talking about perspectives and I love it. And one of my favorite quotes is limited perspective limits potential. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about how you approach whatever that situation that or, you know, whatever that thing is you're facing. So. Totally, totally. One of the things that uh, we've talked about several times in, already in this conversation is being John Maxwell certified. And I was actually, I actually went through like I was part of the guinea pig course <laughs> back in 2011. And I know what I've gotten out of the program, but in your own words, why why did you join JMT? Well, I like I said way back, I I kind of had this feeling to. Um, kind of coach and I actually went to Liberty University and got my graduate certificate in Christian ministry because I thought it was related to that. But then you know just scrolling through Facebook, you know how I can mind read you and you just have a thought and next thing you know you have fifteen options for that thought that you had. Um John mm-hmm. Maxwell popped up in my feed and I was like uh, I was okay. like John Maxwell has a certification program? Like I never knew. And this was mm-hmm. 2016, so it's already been around for five years, but it was the first time I heard about it. And um so I clicked on it and and signed up and um me and my wife actually went and got certified because they did a special for the spouses that year. And, um, I just, I just love John Maxwell. I mean, I doing leadership stuff through all my military, through, through law enforcement stuff. I read a lot of the books. I mean, I knew who he was. So I, I trusted him and come to find out, you know, I just kind of had my, uh, you know, transformational moment a few years before, and I was really coming into understanding who I was as a Christian. And when I started rereading some of the stuff and realized that he was a pat, like I, it just all fit for me. And so I said, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. It feels right, you know, it, and it, it has been, it's been great. So, well, one of the coolest things that happened to me, and this is kind of random, is that as soon as I put on my, my profile back, I guess 2012, 2011 was that I was JMT certified, John Maxwell team certified. And, and someone out of the, the ether of the universe, her name is Ruthie Wessel. And she actually went to the church that John Maxwell taught at in Hillham. Oh, wow. Way back when. She's now retired in Florida. So maybe she's closer to him now than she was, you know, a couple of years back. But she's like, Hey, I noticed that you you're affiliated with John. You know him. Can you say hi and et cetera, et cetera? I'm like, wow. She, for for her to think that you know he's still reachable like wow. that is so cool because for her he was. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's just really interesting how you know someone's career can climb after that. Oh yeah. So that's, that's that's really cool. So. Another thing about this whole certification thing is that I've also had a few other guests that have been on uh, most recently was that we were talking about Antonio Smith. He's a he's actually a certified speaker through Les Brown. And then there I also had a, a past co-host of the show, Clay Green, uh, and he was certified through Brenda Bouchard as a high performance coach. 
Okay. You know, if, if, if someone is, is considering becoming a certified coach, how do you think that they should make the decision on which program they would want to get certified in? I mean, obviously do your research, but I mean, you're just going to, you're going to find the person that kind of fits your personality. You know what I mean? I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that any one certification is, you know, a cover all for anybody. I think there's certain ones that certain people fit a little bit better, but you're going to know your personality. Like I said, when I, when I kind of did some more research on John, I just, I'm a new Christian and I realized even though I've been reading his books before, I never put that part really into it. When I saw that connection and it, confirm that whole thought that God gave me about leadership and discipleship kind of coming together, it just fit for me. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't love listening to Les Brown or, or paying attention to Brendan or any of these other people, but mm-hmm. that certification just seemed to fit for me. Um, and, you know, the it's a full spectrum thing. You have, I mean, you know as well as I do, they, they, you have just tons of information the, at your fingertips at any moment. So, um, right. you know, I don't know about those other programs. I don't know what, what they offer or anything, but I just know that for me, it helped build my confidence and it gave me a lot of those tools that right out the gate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, so, so you can kind of look at it as choosing which major you want to go to. Yeah. yeah. Which one fits more of a, is more of a fit. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because, you know, some people would be like, well, I need to be certified by the mall. Right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, not necessarily. No, There's no, some no. people that, you know, I mean, look at doctors that have ABC, the EFG, all the way, you know, they have all the letters. My wife always laughs. You know, you got to get all the letters because um, mm-hmm. you know, she's in the medical field. I'm like, why? Why are those letters important? But, you know, you think about it. There are people out there that just they get all certified crazy and, you know, that's great. But ultimately, I think you've got to just kind of pick one that fits your personality and you've got to go all in and you've mm-hmm. got to put it to work. So totally, totally. Yeah, I love it. I, you know, I've always been a Bob Berg guy, you know, so you've got Les Brown guys, you've got John Maxwell guys, you've got, you know, all these different things out there. Um, and, and I'm with you. I, I, I have some friends that They've got 932 certifications, right. <laughs> but they don't do anything with them. You know, they, they, for, somewhere along the line, they forgot to take a sales course, mm. I guess. So, you know, they don't know how to sell what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when you ask them about it, they're like, well, I'm not a salesperson. Well, you don't have a choice, <laughs> you know? So, uh, no, I think that's great stuff. Uh, so looking at your website, you've got some amazing things coming up in 2019. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, quite a bit. I, I'm opening up my my coaching. Uh, I'm expanding that a little bit this year. This last year, I just did a, you know, I think I had four or five at the most. I didn't want to go much more over that because I was just kind of, you know, feeling my feeling my way through that and seeing where I fit in that world. Um, I'm expanding that this year to uh, take on a few more clients, so that that's good. I've already gotten two signed up. Uh, yesterday so that's awesome and then i also have a mind renewal method that i actually um am going to be doing all year long so it's funny you guys are talking about doing this uh renewal of your mind thing and i actually created this power of six mind renewal method that i used over the last two years to kind of help me in in my mindset because the way my my childhood was wasn't the best um not all of us have the greatest of childhoods we all have ups and downs and good and bad but um I I had a very destroyed mindset. So coming into adulthood and and the military and the police was great because there was structure. But as soon as I started out on my business, I realized that I brought a lot of that destructive mindset 
into what I was trying to do initially. And it really started messing with me. And so I was like, I got to get out of this. And part of it was really getting into the word, you know, praying, getting around the right people and, you know, going through this process. And so what happened was this power of six mind renewal method came, came out of it. And so I'm actually offering that every month as a live three week training course. Um, every month it's going to be, you know, the next three sets. So it's, it's the same course every month, uh, just three weeks in a row. And, uh, we did the first one. I did kind of like a, uh, pilot slash, uh, beginning, you know, first one, launch, whatever, um, right before the new year. So December. And, um, I just had like 10 people that I know really close around here just say, Hey, let's go through this. Tell me what you think, how this works. And they just, they ate it up. They loved it. Um, they gave me a lot of great feedback. And so it's launched and ready to go and active. Uh, as we speak. So each month it'll renew so that that's there. Then I'm, um, I'm looking to do a little bit more speaking. Uh, I had my first church speaking experience for just after Thanksgiving this last year. And, um, I can tell you it was the first time I was quote unquote nervous as a speaker in a very long time because I think I understood the weight of the moment of what I was up there doing, uh, you know, giving, you know, giving a message on the word of God and speaking that truth and, you know, all that stuff is super important as a Christian. You want to make sure that you're not, you know, saying things that are completely way off base and all that kind of stuff. So it was the first time in a while, but I, I, I loved it. I had a great time with it. Um, and everybody was amazing. So I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, do a little bit more of that. So I've got a lot on my plate <laughs> that I'm looking to do. Uh, and part of that is also getting refocused into what it is that I should be doing. And, you know, if I'm going to speak and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, is it all supporting that mission uh, that, that God has put on me and in the realm of leading and, and discipling people? And so that's kind of where I'm headed this year. And we'll just kind of see how it goes. And we, we also have our conference, our Inspired to Lead uh, conference, which yeah. Don Brightman's uh, I've been blessed to have him speak both times. He's done absolutely amazing. But um, we're looking to, to bring that uh, back uh, at least two or three times this year if possible. Once up here in Baltimore, another time maybe in Arkansas, and then maybe in Florida if our, our contacts work out. But, yeah, we've got, we've got quite a many things happening. But ultimately, it's, it's all good, and, and uh, I'm just excited to be a part of whatever it is. <laughs> if it involves in helping people get, you know, into that unlimited potential that they're created for, then, then I'm in. So. That, that is awesome. Yeah. There's just, you know, Dom has been, you know, as I was telling you before the show, he's just been a huge support or, and fan of the show. And, and I think it's because like you, you know, he's all about helping people find their, what's fulfilling to them. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it's just something that so many people don't necessarily focus on because the the hot the word is is all about just being an entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. what does that mean? What what goes into that? What you know all, all these these things and it's just like it's all about skill sets. Like if you know how to do Facebook ads, then you can be the next you know hundred thousand air or whatever easy tomorrow this month whatever. And it's it. it, it Yes, you can, but at what cost? Is mm-hmm. it going to be something that in the long term is going to be fulfilling for you? And that's something that, you know, your types of events, I'm sure, deals with. And then once they figure that part out, then they can go back and see if that's something that's still of interest to them. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So, 
One of the things that you said right there kind of made me think of an author by the name of John Eldridge. He mm-hmm. wrote Wild at Heart. Yes, yes. I love do that you, book. Do you, do you use any of his teachings in any of your stuff? or No. Um, what's funny is he actually has a, uh, he had a video devotional that came out. And it's funny because I've read the book, I've watched the devotional, and I don't know, not intentionally, there's always a possibility that maybe I've pulled something. Uh, <laughs> I think we do that, you know, we are a composite of all that stuff that we, you know, we read, we watch, we, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's a potential that I may have integrated something, but not intentionally. It's nothing that I've said, Ooh, let me, let me grab that and do that. Um, but I do, okay. I do know, I love that book. I, I love the video series because, um, the whole inspired to lead conference actually started out as a key leads conference that was all based off of the fact that us as men, especially as Christians are the problem, uh, with our world, that if we <laughs> would just do what we were created to do as men, that we wouldn't be seeing a lot of the issues that we're seeing. So, uh, it really kind of came down to that whole concept. And it's funny that you say that if I went back and looked at that, I wonder how much of it would actually line up pretty close so we, let's just say that that book was pretty fundamental in helping me kind of get off that whole slide as you were you know, talking about yourself that whole flip of the switch so to speak yeah yeah so cool cool um as we're ending the conversation always go through the uh, rapid fire questions segment and um you know this first question that we have is kind of one that's dear to me because in my background i was talking about being a graduate instructor and and then after that, I taught in junior college for a bit. So I'm, you can tell a lot about people where they're, who they've been influenced by. And so I'm very interested in who you say are your three favorite influencers or teachers. Um, well, I mean, now today it's number one is, is Jesus. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, number one influencer, uh, number Number two, probably be my wife. <laughs> um, truth be told, she's, she's amazing. Uh, she's got a discernment level that just is eerie. Um, but it, I love, I just love hearing her. She's got amazing wisdom. And number three is, is, I don't, you know, I honestly, I don't know if I have, I can nail it down to one. You know, I, I could say, you know, John Maxwell. I can say, you know, Paul Martinelli. I can say, you know, uh, whoever you know the big name is out there uh, but i think i think that those are my top two um and then i would have to even maybe say my son is probably in there as an influencer too uh, he's 13 but he's got an amazing way of influencing uh people and i just love watching him and i think that i kind of will think about what i'm doing and saying and, and researching off of him sometimes so maybe he's my my third but I, I would think that ultimately it's just a composite of a ton of different things i can't nail down just who's my biggest influencer outside of the that group only because i read everything um and i pay attention to everything and i'm sure i'm being influenced by quite a bit more than i could ever lay out here so my top three i guess would be you know god my wife and probably my son so what advice do you see what message out there do you hear that young people are getting that you feel is the biggest disservice to them uh that they're just going to be basically given stuff <laughs> i guess mm. i mean it, it's it's a general kind of idea i don't think anybody's like oh you're just going to be given stuff but i think we as parents have kind of uh enabled that 
that mindset um, in the fact that we're trying to do right by saying we want to give our kids more than we had, give them better opportunities than we had, but not make them have to work for them. And what's going on is we're now kind of seeing our kids expecting to have the latest and greatest at their fingertips and not understand the value or the work that goes into getting that kind of stuff and what it means to, you know, take care of it and beyond. Uh, my son is one of the example where, you know, he's just, you know, he's got an iPhone and, you know, if they were to get flushed on the toilet, he would just expect you to buy him another one and it doesn't work that way. And I would say, well, you're going to have to work and you're going to have to pay. Well, why do I have to do that? Um, you know, so I think, uh, one of the, one of the things that I'm doing, I love, I love that you taught before is I actually just went to orientation today for substitute teaching. I was actually approached last year to become a business ed teacher at our local high school. And I mm -hmm. said no because of the flexibility. I just want to be able to be flexible, but they asked about subbing. And so I looked into it and I said, you know what? I think I could probably do it because I love, I love kids. I love teaching. And so. What I see is a great opportunity to almost feed some of that good, solid, basic, you know, value, belief, leadership principle kind of stuff into our youth as they go through these school systems, you know, and just kind of, you know, see them where they're at. You know, because not all of them are like that, but in generally, there's a lot of questions. Help them building the right relationships and and, you know, knowing what the value of the stuff that it is that's around them really is and what matters most. And I think that that's what we're missing is, is what matters most, um, doesn't to them. You know, what matters most to us is doesn't matter most to them. And by the time they realize it, they're, you know, a lot older and it's, you know, they've missed out on it a lot. And so maybe I don't know if that, that answers the question. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that, I think that that's a good recap. Um, what do you, think is something that people tend to put a lot of time and investment into, but is actually a waste of their resources. Anything that's not their strengths. Mm. I mean, think about like what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and how many times you're like, get frustrated. Or you're like, why am I doing this? And that, those are the things that you're wasting time, valuable resources on, whether it's money, time, people, whatever, uh, you know, your strength is what you should be focused on. You know, everybody, I think the biggest misnomer out there is you've got to work on your weaknesses. And while I get the perspective, I get the idea. And I've actually had an argument with somebody about this, not necessarily an argument, but a discussion it was like, well, you should be working on your weaknesses. Well, I get, I get what he was trying to say, but the, if you want to maximize, you know, what it is that you are doing, if you want to really get the most out of it, you've got to be in your strengths, period, end of story. Um, anything else is detracting from your, your mission and you're not at the highest level that you could be. And so I would say that that's what, what it is, is people focus more on the stuff that doesn't matter or they shouldn't be focused on, that they should be outsourcing or giving to somebody else or delegating or just not doing, and they need to be more focused in on their strengths. What's the most valuable thing that you learned in the military that you currently apply to your life today? Uh, the most valuable thing I learned in the military... Probably you would you would probably think discipline or any of those kind of things. I honestly think it was to be open minded. 
um, believe it or not. It was, I was in the Air Force, so maybe that explains a little bit of that. But, um, I, I was security forces. I was a police officer. I did, uh, some anti-terrorism stuff. I did, I, I did some things in, in the desert and all that. So I didn't have it all cush all the time, you know, but, uh, I think it was just being open-minded, um, because the leadership changed, uh, the people around you changed, the situations changed so quickly that if you were, not open-minded, you really would, you would fall behind if, you know, quote unquote, I guess, or you would fail or it would, you wouldn't fit in with that, that movement or that direction or that team anymore. Um, so you had to be open-minded and really learn how to communicate with people and connect with people and find out, you know, how you fit and how they fit and what, Who's the strengths? I mean, it really helped in the development of the team. Um, so I think that that would probably be it. Open-mindedness, which then led to teamwork, which led to communication, which led to all that kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. Because we used to, as I'm a Navy guy, so okay. we always we always were like, dude, these Air Force guys, it's like they're always on vacation. <laughs> you know? Right. They had the best barracks. They had uh, best. refrigerators. They had television. They had everything. Oh, yeah. we um, living it up, right? <laughs> No, but that's incredible. You know, I, I wish more and more people could experience. So I was in back during Desert Storm, so okay. 89 and 92. And, and I'll tell you, man, I, I really learned, for me, the military was being part of something bigger than myself for the first time in my life. And unfortunately, I know a lot of young people right now aren't getting to experience that because we're in such a narcissistic social media culture. Mm -hmm. Um, where the military really, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're just one small piece in this very large machine, but you're part of it. You feel like you're part of it, the, the camaraderie and all that. It's, it's something that, that I really wish everybody could. Mm, absolutely. I've often said that I totally agree with, I think it's Switzerland or wherever that they say, you know, automatic have to every two years, or you have to do two years in the military type of deal. Just. Uh, yeah, I mean, if everybody did that, everybody would understand. Everybody would have that perspective, and it would. I think things would be a little bit different. No doubt, I agree with you. Final question: What's it mean to live a life of abundance? Well, um, it means that you're going to live a violently excessive life. Um, that is what the word abundance is actually translated to if you go back to the old, uh, old language. So when Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly, he gave it to us to have a violently excessive life. Now, what does that mean? That means to me that we were, we were created in unlimited potential. And the only way we can tap into having an excessive life in any way, shape or form is to understand that. And so my job is to help you step into that and start to see that explosiveness, uh, in, in a life of abundance, what it looks like. So mm. awesome. Like that take. So before we, uh, close out today, just want to remind everybody that your website is teamdna.com. Where can people find you on the socials? Um, I am pretty easy to find, wide open on regular. I think, I don't know what my Facebook, but if you look up Chris Jordan, um, you see my picture, or you can look up Team c and &E. uh, I have a business page for that. Uh, CJJordan76 is my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. Uh, I don't know. My wife made me get Pinterest, but I have no idea what that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, for me, it's a, it's a place for pictures of dogs and, and captions. 
Right. She she sends me a lot of craft <laughs> projects and stuff that that we end up doing, which is amazing. But yeah, yeah. I, but I'm on LinkedIn, uh, pretty much any any social media feed you can find. And if you go to TeamCNE.com, I believe um, I should have the link somewhere on there. So you can probably go to TeamCNE.com and then from there um, find all my social media links. Uh, pretty easy. But uh, I, I I don't hide out. It's it's not hard to find me. So cool. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us, Chris. So it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, Happy New Year, and look forward to talking and seeing some more from you guys in the future. All right, well, there you have it. You know, Chris is definitely doing some inspiring things, and it's easy to see why he and Dom have kicked it off so well and have done as much work as they have together. One of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from having conversations like this is that religion and spirituality play an important role in how many, many people act. And to deny this perspective, even if we don't agree with it for whatever reason, shows that we ourselves are being closed-minded. There's actually a phrase that I heard about mm, maybe 10 years ago now that I've made as part of my, my own core beliefs. And it goes something like, just because you acknowledge an idea doesn't necessarily mean you need to accept it. You know, acknowledging means that that we listen and that we're giving an attempt to understand others. However, when we accept that message that we're actually determining if that message lines up with our beliefs. So you can acknowledge things, but not necessarily accept them. And a big problem in today's society is that when we disagree with someone on one particular topic, It must mean that we disagree with them about everything else. It only makes sense, right? So therefore, if we don't see that individual as a person, we see them more as an obstacle that we need to get out of the way to get what we want personally. And that's just one of the ways that Facebook can be such a toxic experience. If all you have on your feed is people being negative, then there's a really good chance that you're going to be negative yourself. On the flip side, if your feed is full of positivity, then you're going to be more positive. It's okay to have meaningful conversations, but don't air dry, dirty laundry in public. The people we need in our lives as creators really, really don't have time for that. And if you're putting negative vibes out there, man, nothing's going to be coming coming back for you. Speaking of the people that we need to be meeting in our lives to make ourselves better as creators, there's exactly some of those types of individuals at the He Leads conference that... Chris was talking about. So in today's show note extras, I have a few videos from Chris regarding the conference itself and what you can expect from it. After viewing those videos, I really hope you get some more clarity and into what it actually is and whether it's something you might want to be a part of in the future. So that's it for session 141, guys. Don't forget that we all need a personal mission. Let me help you figure yours out by checking out my guide at newinceptions.com personal mission guide you'll have all the info you need to help you uncover your personal mission so again thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today and until next session dig in have fun and take care in whatever you're creating and we'll see you back here next time thanks for listening to the angles of latitude podcast connect with us at home at work or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter 
at New Inceptions, Instagram at New.Inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.